What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Robin Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back once again, similar format as it has been these past few weeks. We're just going to go through, we're going to talk some MLB playoffs to start. Uh, the first team uh, to clinch the World Series, the Houston Astros. Um, congratulations to them. They have made the World Series. And uh, the Braves-Dodgers game six will be tonight. I don't know if you'll be seeing this either today or tomorrow, but maybe the Braves will be in the World Series. Maybe you'll be setting up for game seven tonight. Very interesting stuff. And then obviously we'll hit on the NFL. But like we said, like I just mentioned, we're going to start with the MLB. And uh, Rob, I'm going to just start right with you here. Houston Astros series. Obviously, they're going to the World Series. They went down 2-1, but the Boston Red Sox just looked like they fell asleep towards the end of that series. Yes. What were your takeaways from that series and you know the state of both of those teams right now? Uh, the Astros pitching uh, those last three games was really, uh, I think, above what a lot of people were expecting. A lot of people really were questioning that pitching, especially after game three. Uh, but they really stepped up. And obviously, we know how good that Astros lineup is. Kyle Tucker and your Don Alvarez, perhaps one of the best championship series in the history of baseball. I mean, no matter who comes out of the NL, it's going to be such so hard to get those guys out. I mean, it, this is sort of what makes, like, we've said it before, but it, that's what makes the cheating all the more frustrating. We see how good these guys are without it. We see how, you know, Jordan Alvarez, this guy is from a different planet. I mean, nine for 13. And if the pitching, they need this pitching to continue, but that pitching really exceeded expectations towards the latter part of that series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I think something that's also forgotten is the back end of that bullpen is so, um, so good. I mean, they've got Kendall Gray, yeah. Ryan Stanek, Ryan Presley, Ryan Presley, such a good back end. And like you said, that pitching, I mean, it's been shaky at times. Obviously, Verlander's been out for the year. They've had to rely on some of these young guys. Framber Valdez um, pitched a really good game. Uh, I think it was game five or maybe game four. Yeah, game five, I think. Game five. But they've just gotten a few of these guys. Uh, Lance McCullers out too right now. So they've really uh, had to rely on some of these young guys. And yeah, I mean, like you said, that lineup is just ridiculous. And you look at some of those guys, Jose Altuve, I mean, probably one of the worst playoff series of his career, and they were still able to get it done. Just shows, <laughs> uh, the strengths of that lineup. Even Correa, to be honest, didn't have an amazing series. He had that home run uh, in game one. But other than that, really didn't do too much. Um, but yeah, like Bregman, like we've said, I mean, Yuli Gurriel is someone to ready to on the batting title. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he's <laughs> hitting like seventh. It's, it's pretty crazy. These lineup, Michael Brantley, such a good player. I mean, the, yep. the names just go on mm -hmm. for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, tough way to end the season, but at the end of the day, they exceeded all expectations. Um, just like the, you know, San Francisco giants wasn't the end you wanted from the playoffs, but what a season. And, you know, this team, there's no reason to think that this is a one-year wonder. They've got a superb lineup of, of young talent. I mean, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, those are two of the best at their position, arguably the best at their positions in baseball. You can make an argument for both of them, I feel. And you've got so much other young talent on that team. We'll see if they return uh, or if they keep Kyle Schwarber. We'll see what the deal is. Verdugo has been good. And the pitching, they've got a lot of young guys that, uh, you know, we saw, uh, you know, a few guys huck throughout the series. It looked pretty, pretty solid. Um, so we'll see, obviously, uh, you know, not the way it wanted to end, but for Boston, I think they're in a pretty good spot. It's a very competitive division. Uh, there's going to be four teams competing for the playoffs, uh, next year, as it was this year. And, uh, you know, we'll see what they do this off season, but you know, Chris sale will be more back at, you know, full health, hopefully. So should be fun times for Boston, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like we said, I think that, that, uh, this Astros team, I mean, we'll see if they can keep that core together. Cause as we know. I mean, Carlos Correa has pretty much stated his intention to leave in the all season, all, all but. But uh, we know how much we we know a World Series can change things. Uh, so we'll see if we'll see if they can keep that core together. It really wouldn't surprise me if they were able to capture that second title in five years, uh, if, if if they were able to keep uh, Correa. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's more just a money problem, honestly. I think Correa yeah. wants to stay. I just don't think salary yeah. wise, it's, it's going to be tough. So Definitely. we'll see what happens. Obviously, Correa going to be one of the highest paid in the off season, he's going to get a, uh, you know, well over $200 million deal, maybe even $300 yeah. million. So see what the deal is with that. But moving on to the other series, which is set to take place tonight and big news out of that series, Max Scherzer was scratched from his start. He seems like he is really struggling to get going dead arm. It seems he is, uh, you know, that's what happens with age. It seems like Max Scherzer, um, you know, it seems like he would never fall down, break apart, but slowly maybe he is here. Maybe a lot of workload on him. We're going to have to see how it affects him you know, if he can pitch again this playoffs and uh, also, you know, will this have a long-term effect? Could Max Scherzer's arm potentially be, you know, you know, slowly slowing down? We're going to have to see, but obviously three, two uh, Braves in that series, that series is going back to Atlanta. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think the Braves will be able to get it done? The Dodgers right now pretty beat up. 
Uh, I really hope not, but I think I, I think they will. Two games in Atlanta is really tough. I mean, obviously we know the history between the Braves and the Dodgers, but the bubble is just so different from from, from that that ballpark atmosphere. I mean, the, with, with all those games, I mean, just two games on the road is so tough to win. If anybody can do it, it is the Dodgers. I mean, despite their that they are really beat up, but we know their depth. We know we know what they're capable of. I mean, I could see this going to seven, but I really don't see the Dodgers beating Atlanta. Uh, twice in a row i hope i'm wrong though i really do it is sickening to watch these nle's teams i mean yeah. a few years ago the washington nationals the team that had no business winning that world series with that lineup win the world series and then all of a sudden this atlanta braves team without ronald acuna just making the same it just is the same exact thing the houston astros the world series. i mean it's just i at this point i wouldn't be surprised if the atlanta braves won the world series and Mets and Phillies fans. I mean, this just, it just feels like this type of, I mean, maybe you can look at the Mets and say 2015 was that type of year for them where they kind of shouldn't have made it with that lineup and they made it, but the Phillies, I guess they just haven't had that yet, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I agree with you. I, I think the Braves, it's going to be tough for the Dodgers to go and win two games there. Um, they do have Walker Bueller tonight though. So that's a huge game. If, you know, that's a must win. Obviously they're both must win, but you know, you got to have some yeah. confidence. I don't know who would be throwing in game seven. And I don't think Scherzer be ready to. Um, I don't know what the deal is with that. So we're going to have to see if they can get to a game seven yeah. who would even throw. But yeah, they're beat up. I mean, Justin Turner, he's out for the playoffs. Max Muncy basically done. I mean, Kershaw's beat up. I mean, it's a team that Joe Kelly's now hurt. I mean, it is, it's hairy. And I think the Houston Astros are setting themselves up for a nice World Series victory here. But I mean, if the Atlanta Braves win this series, I honestly don't even know. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's just going to be history repeating itself. And then like the nationals for, you know, and the NLEs will just be, just be tormented and have another world series champion. At least the nationals had Okunia or uh, uh, Soto and um, Scherzer, but the Braves don't even have Okunia and Soroka. They don't even have their, their uh, Scherzer and uh, Soto. If you want well, they have Freddie Freeman. I mean, they do have yeah. Freddie Freeman. No, 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 of course, of course, of course. But, Obviously, this comparison between they don't yeah. have their their ace and they don't have their uh, their young superstar. superstar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, just like the Nats. Uh, I mean, it's 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 sickening. It's the correct word to use. It's sickening. It really is. I mean, it's just it's just laughable. I mean, if someone told me the Atlanta Braves would be in the World Series in the middle of the season, I would have laughed. So this is this is especially frustrating for a Phillies fan because the Phillies and the Braves were pretty much in the exact same place in the deadline. The Braves went out and got these moves. I mean, uh, sorry, one second. Uh, this uh, Eddie Rosario move. I mean, it, it's almost unbelievable. Pablo <laughs> Sandoval for Pablo Sandoval. I mean, it. The Phillies really should have bought at the deadline. I mean, I'm not saying they'd be in the same position as the Braves, but these two teams are really at a similar position at the deadline. Uh, and, and the Braves went for it, and the Phillies really didn't. I mean, they made one deal, one move, and didn't wasn't really saying we're going for it, but it's a shame. And I really hope the Braves don't win it. That's all I, that's all I have to say. Yeah. I feel the same way, but with that, I mean, I think that will do it. We'll obviously stay tuned. And uh, you know, next week we'll be talking about the world series, whichever teams are in that. Uh, but that series will wrap up this week in between the Braves and the Dodgers. And then, you know, the baseball season is coming to a close. The off season, it's going to be a very fun off season. I think for uh, a lot of teams of people watching this, the New York Yankees are going to have a busy off season. The Mets are going to have a busy off season. Phillies should have a busy off season. So um, it is going to be a very busy off season, especially with the freedom class that is pending. So we will see what happens obviously with that. But with that, um, it is time to talk about, the NFL. And with that, I will share my screen. We're going to touch on a few games from last week real quick, and then we will move on to our weekly predictions. Last week was interesting. Um, obviously, it kicked off Bucks eagles We picked almost every the same game, and we knew that was going to go wrong. I think you ended up with you ended up with 10. I ended up with 9, so just a little bit over half. Um, we do got to touch on this Ravens-Chargers game. Chargers were just completely overmatched. and I mean, Baltimore right now, I mean, they might be the, un I think they are the unquestioned number two team in the AFC right now. As crazy as it is to say, Ronnie Stanley now out for the season, I believe. I mean, this is just insanity what is going on with Baltimore, how they are just finding ways to win and dominate teams like the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens, I mean, that Lamar stat line isn't great and he didn't play fantastic, but that's, you, you could argue that's almost scarier for teams. They, they just beat 
one of you know one of the contentious best teams in the AFC by four touchdowns with their MVP quarterback not having his not having the best game. I mean, this is unbelievable. We haven't seen Justin Herbert struggle like this. We know this Ravens defense is is very serious, and there were a lot of question marks about them coming into the season. But I mean, holding this Chargers offense to six points really is very 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 impressive. I mean, like you said, I think unquestioned number two in the AFC as of right now. Um, listen, uh, we'll we'll get to it in a second, but. I think the Chargers might have a little bit of question marks on, on that side. I mean, I think that offense, uh, we see, I talked about this incoming Mike Williams aggression and what might happen with this. I mean, two, two catches for 27 yards. We know, I just don't know if he can keep up that consistency at the first four weeks. And to me, that raises questions about the amount of Chargers weapons the Chargers have and whether they have enough weapons to keep up with the big dogs of the AFC, like uh, the Ravens and the Bills. And I have to say, I know they beat them, even the, even the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous that people are counting that team up. We'll get to that in a second, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was surprised at how bad this and ugly this game was. I think this is just one of those weeks uh, for the Chargers that they just couldn't get anything going. I mean, I think the run game, it was just non-existent. And when that happens it's just going to be tough to win a football game in general. I mean, Austin Eckler, six carries, seven yards. They just abandoned the run almost immediately in this game. And Justin Herbert, I mean, they just, they had some bad play call too. They went for it very early in the game and, you know, far on their own side, you know, it's going to be tough to win these football games when you're down quick. I mean, you see at the half, they're down 17 to six and then they couldn't score again. Um, So it is what it is. I mean, the chargers, I'm a little less more worried than you. I think Mike Williams, I mean, I I think he's going to have down weeks, but I think, He's also going to have those big weeks. I think Mike Williams has looked good this year. I don't think there's any reason to say that he's going to just fall off a cliff magically and go back to the Mike Williams of old. I do think he's, you know, improved and is a quality number two right now in the NFL. You know, Chargers defense didn't have their best game, but it is what it is at the end of the day. And on the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, like you said, it's pretty scary that Lamar Jackson can have this stat line and they go ahead and beat the Ravens or the Chargers by 28. But this is a very well-played game of this defense. This defense won them this game. That's not even a question. Um, I mean, they just, you look at the defense. I mean, you have Marlon Humphrey still, who's, you know, one of the top corners in the game, Clayus Campbell, who, you know, kind of passed his prime to be honest, but there's not really any big flashy names on here anymore. I mean, this defense, this, you know, a few years ago, this is the defense that had, you know, Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters, you know, was kind of in his prime Marlon Humphrey. They had Clayus Campbell then too. I mean, they had a lot more big names like CJ Mosley's of the, of the world were on this team. The Matt Judon's were on this team. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they don't really have these big names, but the defense is playing extremely well. So good job of the Ravens. I mean, this team has proved me wrong. I thought the, you know, Cleveland Browns are going to be better than we'll touch on the Browns in a bit here, but the Baltimore Ravens have absolutely exceeded my expectations and props to them. Lamar Jackson. I mean, even in a bad week, this team's finding ways to win. So it's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, for the chargers, they just got to bounce back uh, after their bye this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So with that, I mean, I hate how it does that, but it is what it is for now. These games are all kind of bad. I mean, Chiefs, Washington. I know you kind of want to talk about the Chiefs. Do you want to wait till the predictions to do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can wait. We can wait till we talk about this week's games. Okay. So we're, I think we're going to touch on probably three more of these games. I think the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and then the Titans. This game was not even close. I mean, Cleveland right now is just absolutely beat up. Obviously, they did get the win on Thursday night with Case Keenum starting, but Baker Mayfield, I mean, he is just dealing with a ton of problems in that shoulder right now. You hear he has a torn labrum. He's a fracture now. Just, you know, uh, just a mess. Kareem Hunt, you know, injured his calf. He's out. Nick Chubb missed this week, but Dearness Johnson had a fantastic week. Shout out to him. Odell's injured. Jarvis doesn't look 100% coming back. I mean, this is a team that is just beat up. Defensively, they're beat up on the O-line. They're beat up. And then, but the Cardinals, you know, give them some credit. Kyler Murray played a beautiful game. James Conner rushed the ball great. And they just have so many weapons on this offense. And the Cardinals are, uh, you know, we had some, some doubts at the beginning of the year, but this Cardinals team is absolutely legit. Yeah, yeah, they're very, very good. Uh, Kyler Murray is an excellent quarterback. Um, I think the Cardinals right now are probably the class of the NFC. I think this team that talked about it, touched on it, but the, uh, the Zach Ertz trade sort of, I think that signified them going all in. Uh, and Kyler Murray, I mean, he had those four touchdowns, but I don't think this was his, you know, this wasn't his best game as a pro at all. Uh, that, that, that Cardinals defense, which I think a lot of people have question marks before this season, uh, us included, uh, really has stepped up this season. I mean, we talked about the injuries, but I mean, they looked, they look fantastic. Um, 
And that Cardinals offense, we know what they can do. I don't, you know, this is a sort of a game. I'm not really too concerned uh, if I were the Cleveland Browns. I still don't think they're on the level. I, I don't know if they're good enough to win this conference. I don't think they're as good as the Bills. I don't think they're as good as the Ravens. I know you got that uh, Cleveland in. You know, I know you're uh, very, very uh, optimistic about the Browns, but uh, we'll see how they recover from these injuries. I'm not too concerned about them. I still really uh, hold the same opinion of, uh, that I did before of them that I did before this game. So uh, hopefully Baker can recover and we'll see what uh, they can do for the rest of the year. I mean, I'll be honest. I I don't think they'll win the AFC this year. I don't think they have a shot. I mean, I think this team right now is just in a pool that is just, they are screwed at this point with these injuries. I mean, you're talking about some of their, you know, Denzel Ward left the game with an injury. I don't know what his status is. You've got, you know, Jack Conklin has been injured. He's, you know, an all pro tackle. Your two, you know, all pro running backs have been injured. Obviously, Dearness Johnson looked great, but you're still missing the, you know, part of this offense that makes them what they are. Odell's banged up. Baker's banged up really badly. I mean, Baker's not going to be hundred percent, not even close to it this season. I'm worried. I, I just, I, you know, coming into the year, I think this defense is good. And I think they showed that on Thursday night. I think this is a defense that can get stops and against, you know, not, I think they've struggled against some of these top teams, the Cardinals, the chargers, the chiefs, they've had struggles against, but everyone else they have really played good against. So I think the Cleveland Browns, I think they're still a playoff team, but I think they're not going to be able to get the job done this year, just because I think, you know, to get, win the championship, and win the AFC, you got to be healthy. And the Cleveland Browns right now out of those top teams, besides Baltimore, obviously, who is miraculously finding a way to win, but they have Lamar Jackson. That's the difference between the yep. Cleveland Browns yep. and Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland Browns, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's done good, but he's not anywhere near yep. Lamar Jackson. And that's the reason why these teams are right now separated. And one is able to handle these injuries and one is not. And that, I think that sort, of le- that sort of lends itself to a greater discussion. I mean, obviously – well, we, we know quarterback is arguably the most important position of, in sports. And you see this with a team like the Miami Dolphins, who are just not content with Tua. I mean, he hasn't been awful this year, but I think teams around the league are starting to recognize, unless you get miraculously lucky, I mean, you have to have an elite quarterback to win in this league. And, and nothing, nothing else matters unless you have one. And we saw what it did for the Chargers. They went from mediocre team to bottom feeders to, you know, we talk about them as one of the contenders. We You need to have an elite quarterback and uh, – as we're going to touch on Cowboys Patriots. I mean, even further, I mean, Dak Prescott, unbelievable. Once again, this guy uh, is, I mean, obviously the, the rest of that offense is fantastic, but this guy, I mean, in the fourth quarter and overtime, he was masterful. Uh, I, I think the, the like the, the importance of the quarterback just really is, like you said, cannot be overstated. And in this day and age, I really don't think it's possible to win with a mediocre quarterback anymore. You need to have that, that top tier guy. And you, we've seen it the past few years. I mean, Mahomes and Brady, uh, and before that, <laughs> Brady again, and then Nick Foles, who got hot miraculously for one of the greatest games I've ever seen by a quarterback. But you need an elite quarterback to win these days. And like you said, that difference between Lamar and Baker is sort of what's separating the Browns and the Ravens and the Bills, as well as the other top AFC teams. Absolutely. And I think touching on this Dallas Cowboys game, Real quick, I mean, Trevon Diggs does it again. It's insane <laughs> at this point. Six games in a row, had a pick six, his second touchdown of the season. Just unbelievable. I mean, I know we have our doubts. I know we think he's a little overhyped. He's had some blown coverages. Obviously, you know, it seemed there was a little confusion on that next play with, you know, I believe the Kendrick Bourne touchdown. Yeah. But this kid is legit, and I think, you know, people need to give him – I think everyone's giving him credit, but, like, we, I think, are starting to finally be like, all right, this kid is – very good cornerback. Um, he has got, you know, amazing ball skills as you know, we've seen runs in the Diggs family clearly just wanted to touch <laughs> on that. And then obviously, I mean, this was a game where new England was really in control for a little bit here. It seemed like they were doing well. Mac Jones, you know, had a decent game, uh, Damian Harris ran the ball. Good. The defense looked good, but I mean, just Dak Prescott, just unbelievable and see <laughs> an unbelievable game, but this Dallas team, I mean, five and one, they are just incredible at this point. The defense has been so much better than it was last year. And you can just tell this team is, is much more built to win than they have been these past few years. They've got a great running, great running group, an elite O-line at the, and not elite, but a very good O-line and, you know, receiving. I think, I think that O-line might be elite. I think, uh, I mean, they're getting Lyle Collins back after this week. You have to remember. So. That is true. And you know, I I mean, mean, the emergence of Dalton Schultz, he is a tight end. Yeah. Just so many weapons. Cedric Wilson's been good. I mean, this Dallas Cowboys team, I mean, they're going to run this NFC East for years to come. Yeah, I mean, they might win the division by like six or seven games this year. I mean, I think there are still a lot of question marks about their defense because 
I mean, Trayvon is a great, he's been great this year. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> what he's doing, I, he's just going to keep making me look stupid week after week. What do you say? Uh, dude, I, I think we're going to, we're going to be talking next week. And <laughs> it's going to be two interceptions next week. Or dude, this week. dude, 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 I, I, I guess this, the, the, the sustainability level isn't there. I mean, he's a great corner. I mean, obviously he has this combination. It's the best thing a cornerback can be. He's both really good and really lucky. And there's nothing, and there's nothing better than both of those things combined. Um, this Cowboys team, I think it's one of the top four or five, three or four teams in the NFC, actually. I mean, I don't think they're on the level of like a Buccaneers, but this offense is undeniable. I mean, they, they can come out with you with so many di- different directions. Zeke, not his best game last Sunday, but he's really looked like the Zeke of old. And Dak Prescott is, I mean, when you have Dak Prescott, I think you can't really rule them out. I mean, this guy has taken another leap after coming back from that injury, but you don't see too often. He's really taken that leap into, I mean, he's been one of the best, five best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Um, this team is very, very, very scarily, but I do think there's still some question marks about that defense and whether they can keep it up. Um, yeah, I, I, they wouldn't be my pick to win the NFC right now, but like you said, they're the best team in the NFC East by far, and they probably will be for a long time until I'm uh, until one of the other three figures their stuff out. And I wouldn't count on that being Washington or New York, considering how incompetent they've been for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, New York. I mean, Daniel Jones going kind of back to his old self this past week. I mean, it yeah, the the discussion of him mm-hmm. as a franchise QB seems to be shaving, you know, fading away very quick. Real yeah. quick, Bills Titans. I mean, what a win for the Tennessee Titans, Derek. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just on <laughs> the best in the world. I mean, Josh Allen obviously, honestly, played a pretty decent game, but Bills just still not even able to get it done. The Titans, such a weird team. Ryan Hannah has been horrible this year. He has regressed significantly, um, but the Titans are four and two. Derek Henry, just an absolute superstar. I don't even know what to say about him anymore. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry is an unbelievable player, but I don't know. That that Bills defense looks a little suspect. You know, it's just not a lot of people – not a lot of people thought that would be the case coming into the year. Um, but I'm still not really too concerned about Buffalo. I still think Tennessee is really not that good. Uh, I think the, the AFC South as a whole is kind of just very mediocre. Um, but it's a good win for them. This is the type of win when we look back at the end of the year for the Titans and say this is what won that what, – what won them that division, what won them that AFC South. But uh, that Bills defense against – I keep saying it. Like, these elite teams in the NF, in the AFC, their offenses are borderline unstoppable. Uh, and if you're showing cracks against Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I understand how good Derrick Henry was. But if you're showing cracks against Ryan Tannehill, I think there's a little bit of a question mark. Obviously, Josh Allen, fantastic again. We know what he can do at this point. There's no question that he's an elite quarterback. But I, I still I, – I, just a little – I still think Buffalo is probably the class of the AFC. And uh, my opinion my opinion of these two teams really hasn't changed that much after this game. This game – this is really a game that could have gone either way. Very true. It was a good game. Tennessee, I mean, it's a weird team. I agree. They're kind of mediocre. I don't think they're going to – you know, if they make the playoffs, if they win the division, it'll be a first-round exit. Um, but, yeah, Buffalo, I mean, this was not their best game, honestly. Uh, the defense didn't look great, but, you know – it is what it is. I think this team is still probably the best in the AFC. I think, I mean, if you look at the top tiers of talent in these two conferences, it's pretty remarkable. The top yeah. five or so, I mean, it is, I mean, in the NFC, you've got the Rams, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Buccaneers, obviously, and the Dallas Cowboys. In the AFC, you've got the, you know, Bills, Chiefs, um, Ravens, uh, Cleveland Browns, and I'm forgetting one top team, I think. Bills, Chiefs, Cleveland Browns. You didn't say Ravens. Ravens. Okay. I think I said them. There's, Did I you say there was a fifth. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, maybe no fifth. I guess not. I don't know. I'm going through the conference. AFC West. Oh, Chargers. There we go. There you go. But um, yeah, I mean, the top five in each conference is pretty darn good, but not too worried about the Bills, Titans. I mean, good win for them. But yeah. Speaking of the Titans, Chiefs, Titans, we're just going to start right away. Uh, Cleveland Browns, we already touched on, so I don't think we really need to go into that Thursday night game. Uh, besides the fact that the Denver Broncos are imploding, they will be a <laughs> non-playoff team this season. They had the you know, easiest three-week start of all time and then can't win a game. So Chiefs-Titans, I'm going to start here. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I just think they are the better team. They had a good week last week. Obviously, we saw Pat Mahomes. I don't know what he was doing in the first half. It was a shaky first <laughs> half, but they figured it out in that second half. They had you know Tyreek Kill, Tyreek Kelsey were a little banged up throughout that game, but 
They ended up getting the job done. The defense looked a lot better. Obviously, it was against Washington, but it was a, a big encouraging step, I think, for them. Um, so I think the Titans, they're going to be, you know, Derrick Henry will pose a challenge, but I'm still going to go with the Chiefs. I just think they're the more talented team. I think the Chiefs are still uh, – the teams – people are counting the Chiefs out too too easily for me, to be honest. Uh, people are being way too dismissive of Patrick Mahomes. And to me, that, inter- that number of eight interceptions, it's not good, but it's like – the purpose of every drive is uh, like, this is going to set me off on a whole separate tangent now, but uh, uh, the purpose of every drive is to score. And Patrick Mahomes, as we know, is the ultimate risk taker. So I think his interception numbers are really just catching up to what they should have been the past couple of years. Um, and I'm really not too concerned about the Chiefs at all. I think it's going to be a wildly controversial opinion, but I'm calling my shot right right now, week seven. The Chiefs will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm calling my shot. The Chiefs will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And the reason for that is Patrick Mahomes. This guy is on a different level. I mean, I also think that Chargers performance in Baltimore was very encouraging for the Chiefs, considering they really should have beaten the Ravens on the road. I mean, Clyde, that Clyde edwards helaire fumble cost them the game. They had the game-winning field a little set up, uh, essentially. Uh, and like you said, I think Derek Hen- the Chiefs will let Derrick Henry get his um, because they have one of the worst run defenses in the league and – we know who Derrick Henry is, you know, one of the greatest running backs of all time at this point, undeniably. Um, he'll get his, but I think this will be a, I, I think this will be a pretty high scoring game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. That Titans defense is really bad. Um, and the Chiefs, I mean, you wouldn't expect it, but they lead the league in a ton of statistical care categories offensively. Uh, I mean, they're number one in points per drive by such a wide margin. It's almost a joke. Um, so, yeah, there's my shot being called. I'm still a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Okay, very interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw, Rob, but I know we were talking about before. Penn State lost in nine over. Yeah, I did. I did. Pretty crazy. I did. Um, did. That is wild. But moving on to this next game, I don't think this game will be particularly close. I didn't think we're really going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, good game against the Bears last week. It was a little tight. Justin Fields, you know, had some – he needs to stop throwing the ball out of the end zone. I mean, he really <laughs> got up. he got picked up once, but he almost got picked off twice doing that. That is something I would, uh, you know, expect him to stop doing soon. But, yeah, Green Bay is going to win this game. I don't think it will be particularly close. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay. And I'll even segue into the next game here. I think we're both going to uh, pick the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals have, have been off to a really good start. I mean, they've competed with some solid teams, but – uh, we, we've been hyping the Ravens up all podcast. So, uh, I'm going to go, uh, well, I've, I assume we're both going to go with the Ravens here. Tell me if I'm wrong. Are you going to pick Cincinnati? You're wrong here. I'm going to wow. go with the Cincinnati wow. Bengals to win this game. Wow. Um, kind of a shocker. I know, but I think the Ravens are due for a loss. I'm going to be honest. I think that's part of the reason why I'm going to Bengals here. And I've really liked what I've seen from the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow looks so good. And I think this offense is going to be, you know, I think, this is going to be a tough offense to stop. You've got Joe Mixon, who is a very good running back in my eyes. Obviously, the O-line isn't amazing, but those wide receivers, I mean, Jamar Chase, this guy is arguably the, one of the best deep ball catchers already in the league. I mean, this guy's going to have a good game. You've got T. Higgins. You've got Tyler Boyd. C.J. Uzmoa has looked good, and this defense has played good at times. I, I, I like some of their pieces on the defense. They went outside Trey Hendrickson. He's a very good football player. There's a lot of guys who I like. So I'm actually going to pick the Bengals in the upset here. I think the Ravens are a very good team. I think they're due for a loss, and I think the Bengals are going to come and surprise a lot of teams here. All right. Uh, I'm going to go – like I like I said, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I, I don't see uh, – I just don't see them going into MT and, and, and leaving with the victory, personally. We will see what happens. Uh, moving on to the next game. I mean, there's not that many games this week. A ton of teams are on by. So uh, yeah. we're already down to yeah. nine left. So only 12 to predict this week. Panthers, Giants, um, I'm going with the Panthers. I just think the New York football Giants are a god-awful football team. Yeah. They are very banged up right now. No Saquon Barkley, uh, no Kadarius Tony, who looks like a very good rookie wide receiver. He's looked exceptional when he's played this year. I believe – I forget who else is out on that team, but I know they have another one of their receivers out. So they're very banged uh, up. Dar- Darius Slayton, I think, is out. Probably Darius Slayton, yeah. So I'm going to go Panthers. Uh, tough loss last week. The offense looked really bad. Sam Darnold does look horrible recently without Christian McCaffrey, but I still think they'll be able to beat the football giants here. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. These are two really bad football teams in my opinion. Uh, I think Sam Darnold is just awful and they passed on Justin Fields for this guy. Remember? Uh, uh, yeah. And I, but the giants are 
another level of off. I think there's a shot that the worst team in the NFL. I mean, this team, this team is awful. They have almost no upsides, upsides in my opinion. I mean, this, uh, they, they might be worse than the Jets. Um, <laughs> it's pretty sad. I know there are a lot of New York fans watching this, but uh, it's unfortunate the state of football, and it has been for a few years. But, yeah, the Giants, I think, are the worst team in the NFC East, which is saying something. Uh, and they might be the worst team in the entirety of the conference. So, Panthers. <laughs> uh, moving on to a team that I think might be the worst in football, the Miami Dolphins versus the Atlanta no, Falcons. I mean, Miami is just – they were just what a horrible game. I mean, this is just probably. I mean, we've kind of talked about it after that Jaguars game. Brian Flores. I mean, I was buying into what he was doing down there, but yeah. he just looks like a horrible head coach right now. I mean, this guy. Yeah. They're yeah. not even using Miles Gaskin. I mean, I'm sorry, but Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmad are just not. They're just mediocre. They're just journeyman running backs. Miles Gaskin, sure, he struggles with pass blocking. Sure, he you know had some drops last game, but this guy is by far their best running back. I don't care at the end of the day. He can you know, catch passes. Jalen Waddle had a pretty good game, but just, I mean, that defense at the end of the game, they just fell asleep at the end. I mean, they're, you know, sending up for the Hail Mary and they just gave a, gave a free pass away. I mean, that is horrible. Miami, yeah. I mean, Tua looked good last week, but I don't think Tua is very good. I said that from last year. I actually predicted that Tua was going to be a bust. I'm just going to say it, but I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons here. I mean, this is a team coming off by, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be back this week. Kyle Pitts had a breakout game that last game we saw. They're using Cornell Patterson. Well, I mean, I just I just do not think the Miami Dolphins are any good. And they have a you know no first round pick. I mean, this is an organization right now that they need to either trade for Deshaun Watson at this point, or I mean, they are done. They're just headed straight for a rebuild. It's pretty crazy at this point. I think their team even might be blo- uh uh this 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 is terrible. I mean, who could have seen this coming after last year after they went 10 and 6? I mean. Yeah, this is a disaster. I think Brian Flores really is not the guy in Miami. He might be destined for somewhere else. I think there's a lot There's a lot of questions. I don't know if you've seen these reports that there's a lot of discontent between Miami's ownership and their front office right now uh, about this idea, whether to trade for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, no one wants to really do it because uh, right. usually, when there's, usually when there's a guy under federal investigation, it might not be the best idea to trade for him, especially sacrificing the future of the franchise despite the fact that they don't even really have a future considering they traded might what might be the number one pick this year to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> um, yeah, this team sucks. Simple as that. I'm, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. So we're also not very good, but they're, they're considerably better than Miami. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the Falcons here. Yeah. I mean, Miami, they just do not look good. A lot of guys have regressed too. I mean, Xavier Howard. Miami, yeah. I've just not been impressed with either of them. This yeah. Year. Those guys have major contracts. Jets Pats here. I mean, the Jets just did an embarrassing loss last week um, or two weeks ago. Yeah, two uh, weeks ago. The Falcons. I mean, there's not much more to say than that. Jack, Zach Wilson, I mean, he needs, you know, he's just getting out the kinks right now as a rookie quarterback. He's shown signs of being very good, but this Jets team is just not good. I mean, they just have no, no real talent on that offense for Zach Wilson to throw to. I mean, I know they have Corey Davis, but it's just a joke. I mean, they're running Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Michael Carter as a committee out there with a straight face. I'm going with the New England Patriots. They played, you know, very competitive games recently. I know New England is are they one in or they are two and four? Yeah, you know, they're better than their record shows. They've played the Pats or they played the Bucks and they played the Dallas Cowboys very close to one possessions both. So this Pats team is a pretty good team. Um, I mean, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're you know a contender for a spot. But uh, I mean, I'm, I already wrote you down for Pats here. I assume there's no way you're taking the Jets. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't even. This is such a lost season for the Jets, and it really stinks because the whole idea is to get a judgment of your rookie quarterback, and and you can't get a judgment. I mean, look at the guys he's playing with. But, and I mean, like you said, he's shown flashes. He's made some bonehead decision, but you can't make a judgment of Zach Wilson as of right now. Uh, and obviously I'm going to go with the Patriots because the Jets are, are bottom feeders. They will be bottom feeders for, I think a little bit like they have been and God, God bless you for sticking with that team, Griffin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I've almost, it's, it seems like I've shifted to a Cleveland Browns fan at this point. I mean, it's just, bad. Well, my God. Um, now talking about your team here, Eagles Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, we both picked the Denver Broncos last week. But the yeah. Raiders showed up. I mean, considering all the controversy, they played a very good game. Derek Carr looked good. Uh, I mean, this Raiders team is a weird one. Um, that's for sure. I don't know if they're good or if they're bad. I mean, that's how good <laughs> they always are. They're just mediocre, but they have weeks where they're good or they're bad. Honestly, the Eagles are probably going to find a way to win this week. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take, I was going to pick Raiders, but I'm going to go Eagles now that I'm talking to myself. This is just such an Eagles win. win here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, is. Just, yeah, this is. is just the most predictable Raiders loss, I think, of all time here. They go out and prove you wrong last week, and then they're going to come out flat. Derek Carr is going to throw three interceptions this week, and Jalen Hurts is going to, you know, come out, and maybe we'll see Devonta Smith have, you know, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. So I'm going to go Eagles. I was going to go Raiders, but I mean, this just smells like a Raiders loss at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles pretty much for all the reasons you exactly listed. This is both the most Raiders loss ever and the most Eagles win ever. I also think that the Philadelphia Eagles are the definition of mediocre. I mean, they're going to beat bad teams. They'll lose to good teams. They've played the cheat. They played the Bucks sure in the, close in the second half last week. I think this team is just so exceedingly mediocre. Um, but yeah, I think both of these teams are. But like you said, most Raiders loss ever. I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I mean, this next game, I don't even think we have to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. We saw what they did to the New York football giants, just in a total annihilation. And Daryl Henderson, may I add, looks exceptional this season. What a talent he might be. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams here. We don't even really need to talk about this one. Uh, Jared Goff homecoming now. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be a, a spectacle. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> the Brady one. That was my favorite line, I think you said, for the Brady game. You said, like, this will be more of a spectacle than a game. And we were wrong. It was a good game. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Game. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah. we were wrong. Speaking of Brady, uh, Bucks Bears, um, Justin Fields will face a very hard defense, and I think it will be a little too much for him here. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Bucks are just such an elite team. Um, I think they have even played up to the level that they're capable of. I honestly think that they're kind of just rolling with it and just getting wins right now, and you know they'll dial it up for the playoffs. But I mean, Antonio Brown, this guy has just torched defenses this season. Mike Evans, Not such playing. a Gronk. Gronk will still be out. AB also out. I may add. Yeah. Yes. You are correct, um, but it doesn't matter. You're taking the Bucks. Secondary's been bad, though. The secondary's beat up, and it's been bad. So mm-hmm. you have to look at this Bucks team and say, hey, you know, maybe they won't win it. It's that secondary. It's a little suspect and banged up right now. But regardless, this yeah. game, yeah, you know, this is the Buccaneers to, to lose. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers. It's gonna be a real test for Justin Fields. We'll, we'll see how he plays this week. But I think that's the main thing I'm gonna be looking for from this game. Yeah, I think just I'd love to see him use Allen Robinson more. Really, what I mean, Allen Robinson. Like we've said on this podcast, he's just counting down the seconds to get out of there. Um, <laughs> this next game, D-Hop will uh, go against the Houston Texans here. But, I mean, D-Hop barely – I mean, he saw four targets last week. At this point, it's getting ridiculous with how many guys they have. Uh, Arizona's going to be 7-0, though. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you're going with them as well here. But Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona, man, this team – I mean, it's it's weird. Let's look at the schedule. Actually, I want to see when they uh, when they're out. They play the Packers next week, so that might be their first loss. I think they'll. But like even after that, mm-hmm. 49ers, Panthers, Seahawks, Russ maybe probably will be back. But then Bears, Rams, Lions. I mean, this is an easy schedule. They might only lose three to four games this year. Cowboys, Cardinals. That'll be a game. Yes. Wrong wrong way, but yeah, uh, Cardinals. Both of us. Colts, yeah. Niners. Um, I'm going to go Colts, honestly, here. Um, I think the Colts played a pretty – it didn't seem like you agreed with me there, but <laughs> um, I'm going to go Colts. I think Carson Wentz had a good week last week. I don't know if T.Y. Hill, he, you know, got seems like re-injured or injured again. Um, I don't know if he'll be active this week, but Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think this guy needs to get way more work than he's getting. I believe he had 14 carries or something like that last week, and I might be biased because I haven't been fantasy, but, I mean, you can just look at the stats, 14 for 145, and, and you know, I, I think he had two touchdowns. This guy's just a talent. I mean, he is just unreal. He just keeps ripping off big play after big play in these games. And he really needs a, you know, 20 plus touch workload a game. I know they have Marlon Mack. I know they have Naheem Hines. I know they're shopping Marlon Mack, but still, I think this Colts team, I think the defense is slowly, but surely starting to play a little bit better. We saw them have some takeaways last week. Well, obviously it was the Houston Texans. That's a positive sign in my mind. So given the Colts, honestly, I think this is a, you know, a good matchup for them. And, uh, you know, 49ers are a good team, but honestly, I don't know. I think they're just mediocre, to be honest. And I think Jimmy G might be back. I might be wrong. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy G is starting this week. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I think both of these teams are pretty mediocre. I think the Colts are probably on the worst side of, on the worst end of mediocre than the Niners, though. Um, this is perfect. This is playing. I'm gonna bring it back to this Philly perspective, but this is playing out perfectly for the Philadelphia Eagles to see Carson Wentz. He's playing well, so they can't bench him, and uh, they're still losing games i mean i uh, uh this will be a tough one for the colts to win in my opinion i think obviously uh, i think this might be a toss-up but i'm gonna go with the niners 
out of my hatred for Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, Jimmy G and the Niners this week. I think this is my tip of two mediocre quarterbacks and two mediocre teams. But I think the Niners, they have that home field advantage. I do think they're the I, and I do think they're just a better team than the Colts in general. Uh, I could see Debo Samuel having a huge week. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think besides last week, I don't know if you'll ever pick the Colts. So. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be that might be a, a universe. That might be a uniform thing throughout. The, maybe the, the Jags. The the, maybe I think even the Jags. You might go with the, the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> um, Saints Seahawks. Um, I mean Seahawks. They put up a fight last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that's Big Ben. This is you know the Saints who you know they're a weird mediocre team. I guess they're so weird. Seattle. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the Saints here. I see we've only picked two uh, different games as well, which is very scary. Um, but they <laughs> seem like locks. I get the Raiders will probably win since we both picked the Eagles. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Saints here. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, Michael Thomas still not back. He's not going to be back for a few more weeks, um, which is not great to hear. Uh, you know, Saints fans definitely were hoping to get him back sooner rather than later. But this is a game they need to win. It's prime time. Obviously, Seattle's a tough place to play, but Geno Smith's that quarterback. Um, you know, it, I mean, those receivers just looked like they weren't really going to be able to do much with Geno Smith at their quarterback. And, you know, Chris Carson's on IR right now. So they're just missing pieces here and there. And that defense is very suspect. So I think the Saints are due for a good game. I think Alvin Kamara should have been, uh, you know, very good Monday night. So, you know, the Monday night miracle, as it has been these past few weeks for fantasy football owners, you know, yeah. <laughs> Alvin Kamara might be that guy this week. He might be. Uh, this is such a tough game to pick. I think both of these teams are bad. Um, I'll go with the Saints too. Sorry, I know, I know. Seahawks <laughs> are know. winning now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Geno Smith is just really—he's really not good. It's really tough to win with a guy like him at quarterback. And while Jameis, you know, he's not—he's nothing special. I think the Saints are much better uh, than the Seahawks out, out, outside of that too. Like the Seahawks are just so banged up right now. Uh, and we've said that about a few teams. This is. We, we've seen the past couple of years. This is really the NFL season is almost a test of who can finish the season the healthiest. Um, like the Buccaneers last year, they were really healthy throughout the entire season. They, they got to that Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Saints here. But this is a team that lost to the Giants. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? I'll, I'll go with the Saints though. I think the Saints are, I don't know what they're, are they due for a win or a loss? So they're due for a loss this week. What a weird, what a weird team. <laughs> they lost to the, they got blown out by the Panthers. They blew they out the, the Packers. They lost to the football Giants. <laughs> they destroyed the Patriots and they beat the football team. Wow. <laughs> what a weird team. And what a weird team is right. Well, that does it. I mean, that is what, how many teams did we predict this week? That is 12 predictions for the week. We only have two different, um, that's scary i'm gonna be honest that's not a good sign but um we'll see what happens honestly it should be a good week of nfl football i know a lot of good teams are on by it's a lot of good fantasy players are on by so uh you know fantasy teams out there um you know are missing some guys but it is what it is and uh you know i think that kind of covers it for this week i don't think i mean nba real quick i mean i think we have to yeah. talk on talk about this as a philly guy yourself the ben simmons saga i mean it just continues it doesn't <laughs> even it just doesn't ever end. So I'm going to give you the floor here, Rob. Just give your thoughts on the situation. Uh, I'm, I'm bewildered. I, I was actually at the game last night. Uh, crowd was a little less hostile towards him than you might expect. But I just don't know what either of these sides are doing. I mean, I actually think Daryl Morey is probably playing it right rather than selling Lil on Ben Simmons. Because we know that this guy is an elite regular season player. He's just a playoff choker. Um, I just don't get Ben's angle here. I mean – First, it was the bat. And if the guy does have mental health issues, then I, I you know, obviously it's very serious. and should be taken seriously. But first it was back issues. Then it was mental issues. I mean, I think this guy is destroying his support from around the league because every report from, you know, Shams to Woj, and obviously we can tell Shams has that little bit of clutch backing in his pocket. Uh, we can tell where each of their sources are coming from. But this guy is destroying his reputation in the league because the league is backing Maury. I mean, I think that's evident. I think that's evident right now. Um, but I just don't get the idea of not talking to your teammates, burning all these bridges. But the team has been constructed around this guy. I don't get, I don't get his angle here. What does he want? What, what does he want? 
to go play. And then there was this report that came out that said uh, Simmons has felt like he's been pressured too much since his rookie year. So let me get this right. You'd rather be in a situation like De'Aaron Fox, where you've never made the playoffs, than play with one of the league's premier players and one of the most dominant big men at this stage of the last 20 years than just sit on some bottom feeder. That's what you'd rather do, Ben. I don't get it. I don't get this guy's angle. And I don't get why he won't play. Play, boost your trade stock, we'll trade you. If you get what if you you'll get what you want if you play. Why? And then there's this other report. He, he's, he's ignoring every single person, even the security people. What, what is he, seven years old? This is the result <laughs> of a guy. This is the result of a guy who's been told the best since he was five years old. And he has been. He's been recruited by the best high school in the country. He was recruited by every single college coach he wanted. He was the number one overall draft pick. This is the result of that. And you can see that in comparison with a guy like Joel Embiid, who's had to work hard for everything he's gotten and has improved significantly since he's come, since he's come into the NBA. This is just unbelievable. I can't believe uh, – I mean, the Sixers haven't handled this perfectly. I don't mean to be you know, defending Sixers management because, obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, them either. But to me, Ben Simmons needs to show up and play and boost his trade value and it's almost unbelievable to me that after the playoff series that he had last year that he is the one who is attempting to make demands and this is going to be a real problem for the nba in the future in my opinion they might use ben as a scapegoat because clutch sports has become insanely powerful um and they're almost running nba and maury has really been the first gm that's attempted to stand up to them and so far it's worked so i think this is going to be a real case study for the league we'll see what happens but it's it's so frustrating because whether we like it or not, in the regular season, we're a better team with this guy on the court. I just want him to show up and play, boost his trade value, and, and get, get get you know we should get we need to get what we deserve for this guy. I mean, if he wants to leave, he needs to play. Simple as that. Yeah, um, you know the clutch sports thing is very interesting that you mentioned because I believe yeah. Anthony Davis uh, is also a member of clutch. He sports. is. He is correct. Yeah. So we've seen these high big name profile guys and, you know, they've said they want to leave and, you know, they've, they've gotten their wish before. And I think the whole, I, I don't get the whole wish to be traded. I think, you know, yeah. I don't see that in the MLB. I'll just be honest. I, I've never, I can't remember really too many guys who are requesting to be traded in baseball. Um, it really only happens in the NBA and the NFL. And you just see it on such a high level. And it's kind of ridiculous at this point um, that guys are just, you know, you got to accept that if you sign somewhere, if you're somewhere, you got to play for them. And like, you can't wind yeah. your way out of there. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. Like you said, I mean, the Ben Simmons thing, my whole thing, I mean, I don't understand, you know, it seemed like in the team meeting, he was saying that, you know, we all need to be held accountable, which I don't really understand that because I don't understand what the Sixers players should be holding themselves <laughs> accountable for what he's doing. Uh, that was really confusing to me. Um, I think he's just, you know, he says he's not in the right mental state and um, I can see that. I, I, it just doesn't seem like he's mentally right right now. I don't know what the whole yeah. deal is. I don't know. I mean, to me, I feel like there's gotta be some people in his circle that are telling him one thing and have just told him something. And, you know, maybe that clutch sports group, like you said, they're kind of yeah, telling absolutely. Him to keep going. And now his whole public reputation has been ruined. So I can see how this can take a mental effect on him, but he's not doing himself any favors by, you know, not going in the team huddle, just showing up and not doing anything. He's not doing himself any favors. I don't know what is going on with Ben Simmons. Obviously, Philadelphia, you know, you like you said, they're a better team without him, but with him, I should say. But I don't know. I'll be honest. I think even with him at this point, I don't know if they're capable of being able to win the title. And I think with him, there's going to be some serious chemistry things of just it might just be a nightmare on the court. We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, this is just I mean, it's weird to think about. I mean, one thing that just came to mind is like something I remember is like in the last dance documentary, you hear of Scotty Pippen who said, you know, he wanted to be traded and whatnot and how he, you know, didn't play, but then how he got convinced to play. It almost reminds you of that to a, a lesser extent. Obviously it's not the bulls. This isn't, you know, they don't have Michael Jordan. This isn't like the greatest team of all time, but you know, it, it we'll see what happens. Will that kind of be the resolution and, you know, Joel can convince him to play or is he seriously, you know, from what I've taken out of it, I don't know if he's going to play this year. I'll be honest. And I, I, I think it's so unfortunate for the 76ers because they're just being screwed out of getting the value that they deserve for a player of Benson's caliber. What do you like it or not? He is, you know, all world defensive player. Sure. He's got, you know, he, the, I think the problem with him and, you know, he's just shooting and he's just not, he's clearly not worked on it because at this point, if you are in the NBA and at that high a level of a talent and you seriously cannot get your shooting fixed and in like four or five years, you're clearly not trying hard enough because 
he has been given every single possible way and surely, surely should be able to be shoot at least free throws by now, at least be a good free throw shooter at the minimum, not a three point. He's not going to be shooting like Steph Curry, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of going off on a rant here a little bit here. It's I'm frustrated for you, honestly. Like it, it's a very unfortunate thing for 76ers fans to have to deal with. And I mean, for Ben Simmons, I, I just don't like these athletes just being able to control their destiny and being, you know, so demanding and being like, oh, I want to play here and here and here and that's it. And like, they don't have, I, I guess they have the right, but in pro sports, you sign a contract, you have to, you know, in the real world, you can't just say, you know, obviously you can quit and retire, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's a very bad situation. I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do want to say like, I'm not trying to like defend the owners or anything here. Just like, you know, get on my high yeah. horse to defend these, like, you know, these billion dollar enterprises or anything. But what I'm saying is just like this whole idea of like star empowerment, right? Like to me, like, this player empowerment movement hasn't been so much as like player empowerment as it has been like star empowerment. Because when, when these stars get traded, like nine guys have to relocate, like nine guys have to uproot their lives, have to change their whole living situation. So to me, this whole emergence of clutch sports, clutch sports is really just, there's some shady stuff going on over there. I think everybody can acknowledge that. And this is really Daryl Morey has been the first GM. And I think a lot of people actually probably can predict it. You know, if any GM was going to stand up the clutch, who would it be? Uh, Daryl Morey is really the first GM. I've said it to stand up to them. Uh, And listen, you know, I I think it's good that players have this ability. You know, they can't like that. They can finally get value for what they deserve. Because to be fair, Scotty was making like $2 million a year in his prime. I think it's good and all, but like, to me, this movement is more about star empowerment than it is about player empowerment. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, you don't see some of the, you know, bench players demanding a trade. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. it is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I think in terms of time of the podcast, we're not going to really touch on the NBA regular season today. It's only been a few games and not too yeah. much has happened. So maybe in a week or two, we'll kind of touch on it when more we've seen more. We've seen what the deal is. Obviously, a lot of, you know, more off the field situation, off the court situations. You got the whole Kyrie Irving thing, the Ben Simmons thing. That's really but has been the headlines, not the play. But with that, uh, I'm going to say thank you for watching this episode of Outside the Arena. Obviously, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, comment on the video. We appreciate it greatly. Check out our second channel, OTA Clips. That'll be a breaking news style format as MLB uh, offseason kicks off. Probably be able to see that. Maybe we'll do a reaction uh, to the World Series, post-World Series games on there or something like that. We'll kind of figure it out, try and get a little more content up on there. Uh, check us out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Outside the Arena, our Instagrams, as well as the podcast Instagram, Outside the Arena Podcast will be in the description. And yeah, with that, have a good weekend, everyone. And enjoy, you know, the football, the baseball, all the sports, UFC tonight. We got two UFC main events coming up back to back, 267, 268. So there's a lot of sports going on right now. Not really much complaining you can do as a sports fan. NBA is back. NHL is back. It's a good day to be a sports fan. And with that, so long.